That was literally verbal diarrhea. I'm setting the bar awfully low. Titus O'Neil keeps running directly into that bar. Get him off my TV, get him off my TV. You make me very angry. The man who has a better IQ than you, the awe-inspiring JC. You should go work for WWE because you'd be so up far up Vince's No, butt. no, no, no. Oh, you are no, such no, a no, sucker. No, no. You are. You defend everything, all the bad moves they make. This is the Chopper Joker Boys and girls, welcome to another edition of the Jobberknocker Podcast. I am JC alongside, guess who? Nestle freaking mania, baby. Oh yeah, you know what? It's WrestleMania week. We are so pumped and jacked. Let's get right into the shine, baby. And uh, I don't know about you, Nestle, but uh, I haven't updated my power rankings yet, but maybe by the time you listen to this, this match will be reflected. I am super pumped for the one-on-one match between Dolph Ziggler and Otis. Booked for WrestleMania. Hashtag always in the shine. Mandy probably at ringside. Greatness. I'm surprised you came out of the gate with that, honestly. I honestly was so oh, pumped I... they got their match. Really? I'm, I'm just, I'm interested in the fact, uh, this is, you're leading off the show. WrestleMania week, you're leading off the show. Yep. With this matchup. Yes. That's, that's, a, that's a bold statement from somebody like I you. Mean, just I, saying. Just I, saying. I, well, detective. Um, we gotta, like, dial it up because... Sonia and Dolph got a little like friendly backstage. It seemed like they might have put this whole thing together, so that's why I needed the detective right off the bat. Oh, I see. Well, I don't have the actual. Actually, you know what? You know what? Hold on, hold on one second. Well, I do have the iPad. On, I can. Uh, I can say that Mandy did say she stood up for herself. She says she doesn't want to be a prize between the two of them. So. Always in the shine. Got to get her in there because you know what? Let me see if I can do this real quick for right, you. Let's see. That work? Kind of, sort of, not really, but I did get a little wiggle in. <laughs> okay, sorry. I should just give you the track. I apologize. Uh, you know what? I was thinking about the same thing. I saw Sonya sitting there talking to Dolph Ziggler, and I was like, oh, shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up. So I don't necessarily think that we're going to see anything crazy happen. I think this is the beginning of a more uh, a longer-form story that we're going to get. I think the reveal is going to be later on. But I do, I do see something happening in this matchup where Sonya tries to get involved, maybe – Mandy is like, no, 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 get out of here. And I, I do see maybe maybe the WrestleMania moment is that Otis gets that kiss. I think that's what we're, we're headed towards. That would certainly be special, and uh, that would definitely be too big for one night, so I'm glad they have the two. <laughs> I will say, the one thing that bums me out, and I think this is just me being me and, and trying to be the grandiose planner of wrestling, but, I mean, you love Otis, you love Mandy Rose, so I think you'll be on board with this one. This is a, you know, it's, it's a WrestleMania-sized show, so I have to have a WrestleMania-sized ego but I'm thinking to myself, we're missing out on a huge moment here. Imagine Otis beats Dolph Ziggler, right? Otis finally gets his comeuppance and has that moment. Mandy gets in there and looks like she's going to slap him in the face, but he plants a big F and one on her. And then behind her, if she was in a stadium, pyro goes off after that kiss. You know, that's what we're missing. Wow. Just literal fireworks with that kiss would have sent that over the moon, don't you think? I mean, that's, yeah, that's pretty good. I like that a lot. Yeah, I think, but this is what we're missing. This is what we're missing with uh, with the uh, warehouse WrestleMania. As I'm well, you it. never know. They're doing a lot of matches on location. Maybe this one's on a uh, what are those like Love Swan rides? Maybe they did a match on that. On the Love Boat, yeah, yeah the Love the Boat. Love you have fireworks boat. and hearts and all the fun stuff going on there. I bet you. I bet you've never seen the Love Boat. You don't even know what it is. You're too young for that. I have no idea what you're talking about. Exactly, you millennial. Yeah. Well, what's your biggest shine of the week, WrestleMania? You're going to shoot me. I don't know. Maybe you'll enjoy it. But uh, you've done it now. You've gone and made a big mistake. I, right now, could not believe that Mark Calloway put on his big boy pants and, and bandana and Dana on. I, I was I, – Big Booger Red showed up and said to The Undertaker and uh, decided to tell everybody Big Evil is coming. And, uh, you know, everybody makes a joke about the American badass and all this stuff. But I couldn't – could not, in my good conscience, just sit there and go, what the hell is going on, right? Like – He's sitting there. He's talking about this whole thing. He brought up what I said he was going to bring up, which was the Michelle McCool doing the AJ Styles clash. 
I was popping for that. I thought it was a longer promo, but I thought it was an effective promo. He talked about a holy trinity. I'm not hitting the button again. I'm sure we can get into that. But you know what? In a matchup in which nobody has any business being excited for, I went, you know what? It shows how good this man is in his 20, 30-year career that he made me go, wait a second. I'm willing to put aside all the, the ridiculousness, and I think something cool could happen here. Now, again, WWE usually shanks and usually does these on-location things terribly. But I'm hoping because it's WrestleMania, I'm hoping because it's The Undertaker, maybe, just maybe, that uh, The Undertaker talked me off the ledge. That's all I'm saying. What are your thoughts? Are you sitting down for this? Yep. I liked it. It was the best thing The Undertaker has done in a decade. Um, wow. It furthered this feud for me even more. I really enjoyed it. And it. you know what? The fact that he said that Gal, he hopes Gallows and Anderson are there gave me more hope that this match could actually be entertaining because it's going to just be like three guys taking bumps from an old man. So you know what? I'm in. I'm in. I'm in. And this will be the last Undertaker match I ever want to see in the history of the world. Now, I'd like to, I'd like to expound upon this uh, Holy Trinity thing that our boy Ray Ray was getting all boned up about. Uh, I'm thinking that because they, he did ask for the bald bitch bros, to be in the corner of AJ Styles or Alan Jones, as he called him, I thought to myself, maybe, just maybe, that he's going to have some backup himself. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be Kane or Michelle McCool or you know anybody else that he can call back from the you know the land of time. But it would be interesting to see him call back you know those two people to help him, or maybe some people he's buried along the way. But I also thought because it's on location, right? Maybe, just maybe. We might see more than one iteration of The Undertaker in some random, weird, boneyard way. And we might see almost every iteration of The Undertaker fight AJ Styles because they can do a quick change wardrobe. They can do all sorts of different things here. And it's not going to be, you know, in the ring the whole time. It could be anywhere. So when I'm looking at it, I'm going, oh, boy, this could be. I mean, I'm dreaming up a scenario in which I'm interested in and I don't think it's going to happen. But the possibility are endless for anything that they can do here. And uh they don't have JC and WrestleMania on the writing staff. They should. We'd be pretty decent at it. But, uh, you know, that, that's where my head's at. I think that the Holy Trinity could be a lot of different things. And, and, again, it's little things like that in a promo that make you enticed, that make you go back to go, hey, you know what? I'm going to give this a try. I'm going to do things differently. And uh, as a fan, I'm, I'm actually interested to see what happens. I would actually I would enjoy that, too. I'd love to see different iterations of uh, The Undertaker. But you know what else is wonderful? Guess what I'm getting at WrestleMania and WrestleMania. What are you getting? A triple threat ladder match for the SmackDown Tag Team titles. I have been begging. I mean, I beg for this every year. I just love tag team ladder matches, and I'm getting one. A triple threat with probably the three tag teams that I'd want in this match. This is going to be a spot fest. This is going to be a lot of fun. This is going to be one of the highlights of the show for me in terms of just pure entertainment. Um, I'm all in on this. I love it, and uh, I hope nothing bad happens to it. Uh, you know, we're, we're trying to do a spoiler-free WrestleMania preview i guess is the way we're going to go with this uh so for me i look at it going yes it'd be great if it was all three people i don't necessarily think i don't know like I, there's something about it where i'm, I'm this is where you're going to probably think I'm, I'm in a fever dream right now but i'm looking at this going i don't think the usos have any steam i don't think the new day has any steam the, the momentum really is with the with the jomo and the miz i don't necessarily see the miz and john morrison losing this matchup if you know everything goes according to plan so I mean, I I just I don't see it. I don't see how the New Day or the Usos, if they win, it's going to, you know, get me excited. It's not going to move the needle, as you say. I think I agree with you on that. I think Miz and Morrison have uh, more things to do with the championships and, uh, you know, a ladder match. You know, anyone can climb the ladder and win. Um, so I think that would be exciting. It can also help build up the Usos chase more by having them, like, be right there and have it stolen by these sniveling shits. So that's why another reason why I'm very excited for this. Um, now, I am surprised there's something you haven't brought up yet that happened on SmackDown because something else came back that I know is near and dear mm. to your heart. I, I'm not going to hit the button again because it seems that it didn't work. But I will say the Firefly Funhouse came back, and I was interested because they teased it for so long, they teased it for so long, they teased it for so long. But what I did enjoy about this was his ingredients, the self-loathing, the hate, all these little things he put in there. And he said, you know, he can see you and I couldn't see you, but he can see you. And he did this whole thing. The one thing I will say about the Firefly Funhouse that definitely bothers me is there's no panache anymore. There's no pizzazz in terms of like 
you know, they're leaving you on a cliffhanger. They're not giving you any clues anymore. They're just, they're just entertaining, which again, isn't bad. It's, it's hitting me, you know, a double or a triple. It's not hitting me a home run anymore, but this one, I felt like if you, I, I know based on the situation everybody's in right now, it's probably not what they believed was going to happen, but Bray Wyatt has done everything. John Cena has done nothing. And I'm just confused on how they could have gone if they had everything at their disposal. You know what I mean? It, it's a Firefly Funhouse match. We're probably going to get into that in a second. But what the hell is that? I mean, is it better than a boneyard? I don't know. But the 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 ingredients thing had me in stitches. I appreciated that he killed you know the uh, Rambling Rabbit again for the 14th time. But there's so much more you can be doing. There, and in my opinion, I think that it, it just seems there's something about this WrestleMania and I know everybody says, Oh, it's, you know, too big for one night and all this other stuff. But there's something about it that makes me go, this feels like a house show. This feels like a pay-per-view that I'm going to be seeing in mid summer or, you know, mid fall, but I don't necessarily get excited about. So this should have been a feud. This should have been a match where I was super excited about. And it just seems like arbitrarily, even though the ingredients were fun and the, the segment was fun, I'm curious how you feel about this entire matchup now, because this was something that I was really, really excited for. I'm still very excited for it. Um, I do think I do think we definitely missed out on some of the lead-up, but the fact that this is, once again, another match that's going to be unique upon itself, um, I'm curious how it will go. Obviously, we saw Seth invade the Firefly Funhouse and burn it down. Um, that's the only like non-Bray Wyatt slash puppet we've seen in that environment. I think Cena, if anyone can pull this off and make it great, it, it's ha- having him a part of it is a huge plus. Um, so yeah, I'm in. I'm still very excited for this match. Um, that's how kind of I'm looking at WrestleMania in general. Is the build's not going to be there for any of this stuff like we want it to? But once we get there, like this is literally the one thing we have to look forward to in our lives. It's like a live event typey thing. So for me, this is still part of uh, the top of the cream of the crop here. Hmm. Glass half full. Good yeah. for you. And plus, you put Rambling Rabbit in a smoothie. What's not to like? That's true. That's true. Very much so. What else did you have for Shine? Well, I, I, I don't necessarily know if it's Shine worthy for you. But for me, when I was watching, I thought to myself, I'm very excited now because they went and they did something different this week. We usually make a joke about Paul Heyman and Brock Lesnar not saying enough, not doing enough. But in my opinion, finally... Finally, as they made a joke about being the go-home raw, the go-home segment, they finally delivered, in my opinion, because it made them feel special. It made Drew McIntyre feel special. Although I would have killed for another Claymore kick. I would have killed for another interaction in some form or fashion. But it just felt bigger. It felt better for me when he made saying he is special to the guy on the street. He is special to the guy that gets his coffee. He is special to the locker room. He is special this, that, and the other thing. But he isn't special against Brock Lesnar. And that was great. I don't know if you've seen some lead up on Twitter. There's a video of Drew McIntyre training in his home. Uh, I think it's his home uh, country where he's like got the wind of uh, Scotland in him and everything, like just outside being like Rocky Balboa. If you haven't seen it, check it out. It's pretty awesome. Okay. I, and, definitely, uh, I definitely will. Yeah, it, it definitely, it's, it's, it's something that I was watching going like, oh God, this, this is the stuff that makes me go, okay, Drew McIntyre's winning this matchup. Drew McIntyre's the guy, but it's just, I don't know. There's something about that promo that made me go, okay, like this is the promo that they're going to lean towards, towards, you know, the package. This is the promo that's going to be the sound bitey promo that makes me go, okay, this will lead me up and make me, because this is the thing that I thought about too. And I, I know I'm talking out of both sides. So, you know, anybody else, Billy, TJ, DQ, whoever wants to give me the business, you're more than welcome to. But the, uh, the, the real thing that I thought about the other day was, this is kind of uh, going off into the weeds, but I was watching Rocky Balboa a Rocky, one of the Rockies rather. And I thought to myself, eh, there's a low part in this movie. And all of a sudden Rocky Balboa has this speech where he's talking about stuff and it makes you have that goosebump moment. And I kind of correlate that promo to that goosebumpy moment where it's just like, you know, that Drew McIntyre needs to win this. This is his first opportunity. This is the biggest, you know, thing in his life, but they make it seem insurmountable. They make it seem like it's not going to happen. This was the first time that the stakes in my opinion were put on the grill and started to cook this is the time that I went and go, okay, this is clearly going to end WrestleMania because clearly now with what we're, we're, you know, not spoiling, but I mean, clearly now with maybe what Roman Reigns has said on Twitter that, you know, he's may, may or may not be there, that this definitely has to close at least one or, or well, it's not going to close both nights. It's probably going to close on Sunday because Brock Lesnar, like they said, there's a reason he's in WrestleMania form and there's a reason why he's in the WrestleMania main event every year because 
he is insurmountable. And so for me, I think this is going to work. I think that, you know, I, I've been very upset about it lately, but I think this is the first time where I said, okay, shut up, Nestle, just enjoy it. And it's hard for wrestling to make me shut up and enjoy it. And I think that promo did a decent job. Yeah, no, I really liked it, and I liked it for other reasons that you mentioned. Um, we talked about it a little bit in our uh, knocker thread is the aesthetics, the way this is set up now with the hard cam moving. I thought Brock looked incredible. Um, I love, like, the lighting with his Tron in the background, like, and as, uh, you know, just his foreground, background going with him and Heyman. Like, I thought everything was so effective because as Heyman was talking about how great he was, the way that they were framing these shots and setting it up, it was showing you that. And, whoops, sorry, I hit the mic there. Uh it, to me, that sold this for me, the segment, even more. Because I thought, like, this shows that they really thought this out. They're really thinking of different ways. We're like, look, we know right now they're Raws and SmackDowns. There's a match or two, but it's mostly promos and, like, packages. So mm-hmm. this was something to make it stand out. And like you said, this is something there. This is another feud that should be so hot, and it's just not going to be the same, which sucks. But at the same time, like... I was okay with them keeping Brock and Drew away from each other because I think when they come back together on Saturday or Sunday, it is going to be very special. Hmm. I am curious. I, I feel like I'm I'm tempting fate here, but I feel like because of the person in the segment, I'd like to put this in the shine for once. Elias committing, well, I guess Baron Corbin or King Corbin committing homicide on Elias and falling to his death, it seems. Although it is wrestling, which means he could show up on WrestleMania and be perfectly fine. But it does plant a seed of doubt. And I was excited about this, JC, because the King could be a shoe-in if the big dog really does not show up on WrestleMania. Yeah, I mean, that I was clamoring for it on Twitter. And I actually, um, as a good uh, disciple of the King, I got, a, I got a nice little like from our boy Baron because, uh, you know, he's a stud. But, uh, yeah, no, that was the first thing I wanted. Um, there's obviously other candidates as well, and who knows, we'll have to tune into SmackDown on Friday to see what they do. Um, but, yeah, I think that that was a nice seed of doubt that even if Corbin doesn't get away from that, it at least, like, it found this feud, which, you know, none of us are that hot on, but they've at least been doing a good job of week to week of moving it forward that now it's like there's some intrigue with it going into this week. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I, I, I'm curious because they don't know what we're doing, and like you said, it's it's wrestle freaking mania, man. Like, let's get pumped, let's get jacked. But it's Corbin is the only person I could see in the heel department on SmackDown. That's it. There's just there's no other way about it. Yeah, no, He's I completely agree. That I think the scary thing about Goldberg is I don't think they necessarily have to do a heel, um, since obviously you could replace Roman Reigns with someone else, but. Uh, you know, other candidates, obviously, we'd have to definitely point to a guy like Braun Strowman. Uh, Daniel Bryan now has a match, so that would take him out. And Cena and Wyatt are locked up. So it really did would seem like if it was going to be anyone, it would be Corbin or Braun. Hmm. Do you have anything else that you're excited about? Um, I did. I mean, I will say this just as a grand thing. I thought both KO and Edge's promos were very good. I just thought they were both a touch lawn, but again... We're trying to fill three hours here without a lot of content that I thought they were effective and I enjoyed them. That sounds like a cop-out. It sounds like you're like, eh. No, because I, did, I, I, I liked – I like Owens when he does that very CM Punkish style thing where he's like sitting down and not like the he, Owens isn't a typical wrestler. So I like it when he does things that aren't typical of wrestlers. Like he's cutting a promo, just sitting down, like something like that. I enjoy. And Owens is always good on the mic. So whenever he talks, he has me in And edge. Like, obviously it's the most fascinating part of WrestleMania. And this whole lead up is his return. And you can still see he has that spark and that fire, that edge, so to speak in his eyes and in his mannerisms that when he speaks, I like to listen to. Did they go a long time? Yeah, because I think um, a lot of times promos are better, less is more. But for these two guys and what they were given, I thought that they did a very nice job. I think Edge did a great job because he basically turned Randy Randy's words against him, you know. And I think, and, and in Ko's case too, he did similar things. But it just what I appreciate in a promo and what I appreciate in storytelling is when you take somebody's words and you use them against them because then it makes it feel like, okay, everything that you just said, like last week you gave KO the ration of shit for just sitting there with his hands in his pants as, as you know, Seth Rollins did his little parade around the ring and berated them and didn't get a word in it twice. And you were like, why would KO do that? Why would KO do that? And then they lost in a six-man tag nobody gave a shit about. I'm sorry, he won in a six-man tag that nobody cared about. doesn't matter because, again, curb stomp. But, you know, he came back this week after a break and cut an, an amazing promo too. So Edge and KO, in my opinion, really strutted their stuff in terms of what they make their money on, and that's promos, because Edge made it clear, you know, 
you did this, you did that, you did that. And he, he talked about great. He talked about his family. So he's pulling from previous promos. KO pulled from previous promos talking about how he was, you know, saying that Seth Rollins was a shithead, a dipshit, he called him. You know, like that, that to me goes, okay. I mean, swearing obviously perks my ears up, but it's just something really like, it, it's something about it that makes me go, what is this? Like, is it worth my time? At least KO and Kevin, sorry, KO and, and uh, Seth Rollins have made it. This isn't the match that I'm excited for, but it's a match I will pay attention to because I'm thinking to myself, okay, if Seth Rollins wins this again, it's not a WrestleMania moment. If KO wins, it'll be a WrestleMania moment probably. And that's, for me, as he talked about not having a, you know, a WrestleMania moment, that would be cool for him. But it's, it's creating WrestleMania moments. If this is just another Raw match, then, again, this will be lost in the annals of time, and nobody will care about it. It'll be, you know, match 1,000 on the WrestleMania listing of best matches of all time, and nobody will care. But, you know, on the other uh, other side of that, Edge and Randy Orton, I don't think this could be a bad match no matter what happens because, like he said in that, you know, he said, Randy Orton hasn't been good in nine years because of me, and I turned that on to him. And, I, you know, when he said that, I went, ooh, that makes me feel really good about where we're headed. No, I agree completely. I think that one, no matter what, no matter what, is an absolute home run. And I do think that Seth and KO are a potential one of those matches where we look and we be like, you know what? It had a long story. Was it great? No, but that match, I, th- I think it can deliver. And that's why um, I'm, I am above average excited for it, which I think is a compliment um, for the type of match it is and the fact that it, enjoys, it involves Seth. Um, is there anything else you've got here in the shine? No, I've I've uh, I've forfeited everything positive in my life. All right, get him off my TV. Get him off my TV. Get him off my TV. Where would you like to start, sir? Well, let's start about the world's longest promo record, brought to you by Becky Lynch, who comes out in her man friggin' what a, that that truck is so lame when she drives that stupid truck with her face on it. I, I it makes me it harkens back to the Lex Express. I hate it. It's fucking it blows my mind. It makes me so freaking angry. It makes me not like her. There's a likability factor about Becky Lynch, but for some reason, there is not a likability factor in this entire storyline for her, in my opinion. She comes out, she does this promo, which again, wasn't bad, but she says, let's take a look, and throws to a 35-minute match with commercials, stands there and says, this is the first time I've watched it, folks. So our, so here's the thing that I'm trying to, and I'm trying not to raise my voice because there's people here, but I'm just so angry with it. I just... Is she supposed to sit there for 50 minutes on the ramp and watch this thing? It makes her look stupid. Was Shayna Baszler waiting for 45 minutes to strike? You know, it's like there's so many things that make this thing look weird. Like, I understand that they have to fill time. And they have to show, you know, pertinent information. You know, like they showed Brock Lesnar's match against Rey Mysterio. They showed, you know, the women's main event. These are all, you know, relative to what is important to WrestleMania. But... They're grasping at straws with these throwback matches, in my opinion, even though they're good matches. It's just, it, it, it bothered me that she strutted out there. And then, of course, like Shayna pops up like Dracula, comes in from behind and chokes her ass out, slams her into the, you know, the, the thing. It just, to me, I think this is, this was something that I was excited about, I think is the coldest match on the card. That's what I'm, I'm putting my flag in the stand right now. I could not care less about Becky Lynch winning against Shayna Baszler. And if Shayna Baszler wins, do I care? Probably not, because all the luster, all that shit. Unless somebody comes down and makes a big deal at the end of it, like Ronda Rousey, I don't give a shit about this matchup. And I don't give a shit about these women right now. And I should, because they, they should be the best thing on the card. Yeah, no, I uh, I don't disagree. I think the truck's stupid. I thought that segment was a waste of time. I She couldn't be colder. Baszler couldn't be colder. This match is plummeting down my interest level. Um, you know, it just it, it didn't work. And the other woman's segment on SmackDown, that five-person promo... Didn't do much for me either. I will say the one positive is we're down to five because Dana's not there. Um, I hope she's doing well, but uh, it at least takes out one of the two cogs that I wanted out. But uh, I don't know. This this these, this seems repetitive every week where it's just like Bailey and Sasha come out, they whine, and then something doesn't really happen that happens. And I don't know. This one's kind of – I think both women's title feuds um, for SmackDown and Raw are limping into WrestleMania. I think there's so much limping going on. I mean, especially if it's going to be a four-hour event, if you look closely, this is the detective in me, looking at the fresh KO shirt, go buy it at www.shop.com because it's amazing. Uh, that's a free plug for KO. But uh, it, at the bottom of his shirt where it said KO Mania number five, it said a four-hour extravaganza. So that makes me think that, you know, Saturday and Sunday are going to be four hours apiece. You know what I mean? And so I'm looking at this going, 
there's so many matches on this card. I think if I go back to, I'm not going to say everything, but from the listing, we're not going to ruin everything, but the listing that I've seen so far, there's 16 matches potentially in this thing. There are which 16 you would book think, matches as of this point, yes. As of this point, which to me means, okay, eight and eight, which means four and four, uh, sorry, four nights, uh, sorry, four hours, four nights, give me a fucking break. But there's just, there's so, I'm looking at a lot of these and there are a lot of singles matches and that's fine. That's cool. That's wonderful. But like you said, these multi-person matches specifically, even some of these singles matches just feel like thrown together, don't matter. And I think by having people get sick or, or have to not be at these things, I'm sure we'll talk about this later. There's something about it that makes it feel like this is not important. This, if, if somebody's willing to, and again, I'm not passing judgment on anybody. If anybody wants to not be at WrestleMania because of you know this crazy thing that's happening, but it makes it feel like, well, if you know somebody's health is you know more important than WrestleMania, maybe WrestleMania shouldn't happen, or maybe WrestleMania should wait a little while. Because I'm looking at some of these matches, JC, like you just said, the women's match, I don't care. Both women's matches, I don't care. We, I, I've completely forgotten about Charlotte and you know uh, what's her face, Rhea Ripley, because. It's just not a mainstream matchup, and I've been not watching NXT because I, you know, I have a lot to do. And it's just like I care about maybe one, two, three, four, four, five matches out of a sixteen match card. I'll throw seven, six or seven in there. I'll put Otis and Dolph in there just because you know you love Otis and I want to see him go mm, Tucky. <laughs> uh, but other than that, like that's that's how I feel about it. I feel like this is a, a whole thing. These, you know, these matches are just so arbitrary. They're so arbitrary. And you said limping. I think you're being nice. I think this is a, they are, this is, I think you could take this and make this one night card really, really good, but you're making it a two night flop fast. Well, let me put it to you this way as a counter argument, because I, I do agree with everything you're saying in terms of like the disappointment. And I think it's part of a lot of the things that obviously you brought up about just talent not being available, resources not being available, and yada, yada. But I think the way they look at this is I think after WrestleMania, we have to be prepared for there to be no actually wrestling for a while. And I think that's why that they're trying to go all in on this because this is their last hurrah. Um, everything, I think, as of this time is already taped because I think Florida is now in shutdown too. Um, so this was, I think, their kind of their last hurrah where it could be like Ron SmackDown could legitimately just be like recap matches and packages for the next several months. And maybe they have talent doing promos on Zoom. But I honestly am not sure there's going to be actual wrestling after WrestleMania. So I think that's why they're going for all of it right now. You know, I haven't thought about that point. So I, I will give you the, uh, the bonus point on that one for making me realize that I'm an idiot. But I will also state that, uh, you know, to me, this seems like, kind of like a greedy money grab kind of thing too it feels like fuck what the cdc and the united states government tell me i'm gonna fucking do it you know like that he's just gonna be like i don't care who gets sick i don't care like i'm sure that's not the case but that's the perception of what's happening it's the perception of just there are people here who have families there are people here who have jobs that they want to keep and i'm sure he will keep them afloat afterwards but I mean, you got to imagine it, this affects every independent contractor. I'm looking at all these people and I'm thinking to myself, I'm sure they're fine. They make money, you know, money, money, money. Who do you trust? But it's just, it's so much about it that I'm looking going, what is this? Like wrestling afterwards? Yeah, we, we can find wrestling anywhere. We can do wrestling anytime. And I know it would be weird to not be, you know, consecutive every week to have Raw SmackDown. But I think as we've talked about on this program, this is the world we live in now. This is, this is a new normal for us, right? And we've been clamoring for an off-season, right? We've been clamoring for having wrestling or sports have an off-season. And it's amazing because it builds that anticipation back to what's going on. So whether it's sports, whether it's entertainment, whether it's sports entertainment, if there is a lull, if there is a just you can't do anything, imagine how much more excited you're going to be when SummerSlam can come back or if Hell in a Cell or Money in the Bank can come back. Imagine it's going to be super hot fire. I'm not hitting the button because, you know, it's crazy, but... There's so much you could be doing in that off season to get excited about. You could have so many different things content wise. And I think the WWE does a decent job of content. It's just, we've already talked about the oversaturation. So you know what? You can give me the whole, you know, they, this is their last, you know, they're blowing their load kind of thing. And that's fine. They can do that. But what are you telling me is going to be a bad thing from all these people taking a break, right? There's not, there's nothing like we, we don't get something, but there's hours and hours of footage. There's things on YouTube that we can go watch. Like to me, I'm okay with them taking a stoppage because it's 
it's time. Like the world is telling us to take a stoppage out of life. The world is taking us. This is where I'm on my soapbox. So I apologize. The American flag and the, you know, the music is playing behind me. But in terms of WWE, like, let's think about this, that they should take a break. This is the universe telling them to take a break. They should have not had WrestleMania. They went and did it anyway, which I'm sure is fine and great and dandy. But this isn't WrestleMania mania. This is like, like I said, warehouse WrestleMania. This is what it is. And it's not the same. It's, it's the same problem we've had with, remember when Finn Balor was supposed to face Bray Wyatt as Sister Abigail and Roman Reigns was supposed to face somebody at a pay-per-view and they both got sick. And that was actually the catalyst to Roman Reigns' you know, leukemia coming back. And they're not looking at it from a perspective of, slowing down they're thinking about it as we've got advertisements we've got you know space to fill and all this stuff i mean i'm sure they care about their their wrestlers but on some level you know they're saying oh it's voluntary to be at wrestlemania it's voluntary to be at wrestlemania is it voluntary jc i wonder if it's really voluntary i really do truly under understand that you know they can say no and they've had the option to walk away but in but you can only walk away in certain instances if you're already sick or if you're in a, a certain situation where you can choose to do that. Like I look at this roster and I think a lot of these people know if they don't make an impact at this WrestleMania, this is their only shot. So they're putting their well-being on the line. Don't you think they're putting their well-being on the line for this? I mean, they're, they're doing something crazy. Absolutely. I, I agree with that. But I think it's also that some of these Mania matches were taped over a week ago. So these people have been at home for a while now for the majority of this since it's been on the shutdown. So I think WWE was smart to just get out in front of it because they knew it was a possibility pretty early. Even though they didn't officially cancel WrestleMania, they already had plans in place of what they were going to do just in case it did happen. And that's why they were able to get all this stuff done. And they taped these Raw and SmackDowns we've been watching the last couple weeks were taped like three weeks ago. And so um, they put themselves ahead of it. Everyone's at home now at this point. So uh, it just depends, like, when is it safe for everyone to get back out? And that's why I think that after Mania, it's going to be a low. Yeah, I just I, there's something about it that seems more. I'm just not a fan of the uh, just the whole cash grab feeling of it. That's all. That's all. Well, I look at it as from a different perspective because um, they're losing money on this. I think. For, but for sure but i think it was just like wwe like it is true like when i'm looking at it it's like we don't have much to look forward to and it is kind of cool that for two nights we will have something to watch and assuming that all their talent was comfortable with it which um the ones you could tell the ones that weren't there were probably the ones that weren't comfortable with it uh carmella probably would have been in that smackdown women's match she hasn't even been on tv for one example we haven't seen a team like the viking raiders or just trying to name a few off the top of my head here but i would assume these could be individuals that said they weren't comfortable with it and they're like that's fine just go home stay safe and when you come back you'll come back and whoever wants to be here will do it and that's like the gist i've gotten because if you've noticed the people wrestling is pretty much the same people it seems like every week in terms of getting us there in terms of the people that are at the performance center so uh my assumption is that they all went in for like a day or two and they taped all this stuff and here we are yeah. 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 Well, do you have any more heat, or should we keep moving to the hope? I think uh, I think we can get hopeful if you prefer. Yeah, because I just don't care about a lot of this stuff. Um, I guess I'll start with my hope. Um, my hope is that you know what we're already stretching this out to two nights, and it's already an investment. My guess is they're probably going to go seven to eleven uh, each night. So that's about four hours. But so that's probably what eight matches a night. Um, so technically, I guess you could book two matches per hour with that kind of time frame and the way i look at it is that the people that deserve time though i think are going to get it this year and my hope is that every single match this is kind of a cop-out hope but it's every single match gets what it deserves like the goldberg match short and sweet aj taker like fun but not too long but then like a match like the tag team championship ladder match i don't mind that one going a little longer stuff like that and um, I think the women's five-way could be a fun match. Um, I enjoy elimination matches when they have stakes on them, and this one certainly does with a title. So I think instead of like a lot of the times at WrestleMania when they have these multi-woman matches, they've been kind of like, elimination, elimination, elimination. Maybe this time there's actually some wrestling where you get to see Sasha work with Lacey a little bit. You get to see Bailey work with Naomi a little bit. You get to see like a Bailey-Sasha stare down a little bit, you know, and Tamina's just kind of there. But that's just my overall hope is that I'm just trying to stay positive about the WrestleMania because I do think it's going to be an exciting thing for us this weekend, and I hope that everything gets what it deserves. That's cute. Yeah. That's adorable. That's so. wonderful. I thought so. My hope is my hope is a little bit out of left field. So 
there are two matches on this WrestleMania card that people are, you know, wondering what the hell are these things? There is a, you know, boneyard match and there's a firefly funhouse match. Now, we don't know what's going to happen. We know that they're probably on location. They know that they're probably going to have their own rules and filmed in their WWE production style ways. But for me, what I'm curious about would be, so they're both going to be probably one for every night. I assume that, you know, there's going to be a, an Undertaker match on, on probably Saturday and then Sunday would be the, you know, the Fiend, essentially, themed match. But here's what I want. Here's where I think it's interesting. And I think this is what needs to happen in order to give people, since we've talked about, you know, certain things here and there, what I would have preferred would have been wonderful is you talk about Bray Wyatt talking about how John Cena put him into a, you know, a tailspin, essentially, right? How things aren't good and all this other stuff. But for me, Bray Wyatt deserves, no, I'm demanding Bray Wyatt before this is said and done, needs to go over on John Cena and needs to go over on The Undertaker. So what I propose, I hope, is that during the Firefly Funhouse match, because this has to happen on Sunday for this to make any sense, you see the Boneyard match with, with you know, Undertaker and AJ Styles. And, it, you know, it can be whatever it's going to be. It's going to be a Gaga Gonanza, or Bonanza, whatever you call it. And it's there. It's not going to be pretty. It's just going to be whatever we talk about. But you get to the Firefly Funhouse match. And I believe that the Firefly Funhouse match can teleport us to different places, to different things. And I hope that that matchup brings us to different places. And I hope in the middle of that match, much like a Mortal Kombat video game, brings us to a level of the Boneyard, if only for a second, if only for a moment, to give a nod to the fact that there is somewhere that the Boneyard can be connected in some type of the Boneyard being part of the Firefly Funhouse universe. I think that would be an interesting connection so that Bray Wyatt can finally get that moment to go over on The Undertaker and be the new face of fear like he should have been years and years ago because that would be a nice little nod, a nice little you know clue to the future because I think that's what we deserve. I think that's what he deserves, and we're all clamoring for it. So that's my hope. Hashtag Nestle's hopes come true. Hashtag Nestle knows. <laughs> Hashtag everybody loves Nestle. There you go. Well, I don't know about that last one, but I guess – no, I don't know about any of those actually. Um, but yeah, um, I like it. Not bad. It's okay. Uh, let's get to the comeback because uh, you know what? Don't call it a comeback. He's been here for, oh, God, he's been here for way too many years. But this is the jobber knocker first, folks. My comeback goes to The Undertaker. You've done it now. You know what? You, ready? you know what my guilty pleasure is about The Undertaker? The biker gimmick. So, Big Evil, his promo, it didn't suck. Uh, I'm excited that this could be actually some fun. So, he gets my comeback. He gets your comeback. Okay. First time ever, I will give I think. my comeback. Okay, whatever. That's never going to happen again, so it takes all of us from knowing that, Mark Calloway. I doubt that's ever going to happen again. For me, my comeback this week, I think, is going to go to KO, only because I think this is a matchup that I'm not excited about. This is a matchup that seems like it's definitely an arbitrary water break or piss break for me in terms of WrestleMania, but he turned it around. He made it seem like something I needed to watch or at least be interested, piqued my interest in, because KO has that ability to do that. He takes something and makes it something, like, better, and that's you know, and having a nothing gimmick or a nothing attached to it, it's just a straight-up one-on-one matchup. But clearly none of his goons are with him anymore. So it's just Seth Rollins versus KO. I think that, to me, is going to be the telling sign of, okay, he did a decent enough job drawing a parallel to this is why this needs to work. And that's why I'm excited. And that's why I will give KO the comeback. I like it. I love yeah. KO. Should we get to the big finish? Because you know what the big finish means, WrestleMania. WrestleMania, fighting to survive. Pump it up, pump it up. Sorry. Wow. You don't is... even know that song? I have no idea what that is. But, you know, before we get... Oh, my God. Seriously? Hold on. You don't know the WrestleMania theme song from, like, you know, from WrestleMania 9 to WrestleMania 14? That's I... WrestleMania, Dude, baby. I'm so bad Who with will that survive? Stuff. The Survivor Series? I'm no, you've never seen I'm so that? bad with that stuff. I got this... You're a terrible human being. There's too much shit that goes in this noggin that most of it, like when something new goes in, a bunch of stuff goes out, and it's just like a reset button like every day. I'm surprised I, I'm I taking remember away my name. Fan card. I'm, I'm, I'm taking away your fan card, and a matter of fact, I'm going to find the WrestleMania theme and put it on your Twitter right now as you're talking. You should. Because you deserve to know this. And honestly, um, I probably, when I don't hear it from someone who can't sing, uh, I'll probably uh, be able to understand it. Ooh, more. ooh, ooh, <laughs> ooh. Listen, I've got pipes. Ask Mike Downing. Uh, yeah, he does have a soft spot for uh, your mouth. 
That sounded he does. very odd. Yeah, that, that's a little weird. Okay, never yeah. mind. Um, but to make it less weird, before we get to the predictions, I do want to socialize a podcast. You're probably listening to us on iTunes, Anchor, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, or uh, archived on YouTube. Uh, give us five stars, five flames, a like. Tell a friend, share it. Um, even though you guys are not driving as much, please make sure you still download, which I guess uh, if you're not listening, then you can't hear this. Uh, but whatever. Uh, we appreciate those of you that are listening. We're going to try to keep coming on here weekly for you guys. Um, jobberknocker.com is the website you can find all those links as well as all our great articles my Wrestlemania power rankings will be updated at some point uh, not sure when but some point in the next few days uh, TJ does NXT uh, Brandon does NXT UK Joe does AEW on the weekly and when NWA power returns our guy Paul Luchadorino did I say that right we'll be back and do that once again but as always go to jobberknocker.com Twitter at jobberknocker at Nestlemania at JC of the JK at DQ of the JK at Ray Ray of the JK at Billy D 2411 at Joe Pollock 47 at The Real Deal B Cox Facebook jobberknocker Instagram jobberknocker because what Nestlemania we're everywhere we want to be on social media I love it are you ready to get into this bad boy yes um, you, hold on, hold on. I'm going to play this song for you very quickly, if you can hear it. Okay. This is the WrestleMania theme that you've heard like 45 fucking times. Come on. Unfortunately, no, nothing? Unfortunately, I can't really hear it. That one didn't come in as good. Oh, fuck you. Uh, whatever. Uh, I'll, I'll listen to it after the podcast. How about that? You're a terrible human being. Terrible. Terrible. Match number one of 16. Otis versus Dolph Ziggler with Mandy Rose in a singles match. Who you got? Give me Otis. You know what? I'm going to zag here because I don't think this is done. I think Dolph Ziggler is going to steal the win. Dolph Ziggler is going to win at WrestleMania? I Has think, he ever won I, at WrestleMania? I don't know, but there's a first time for everything. But even Zack Ryder's won at WrestleMania, so maybe this will be Dolph's chance. Okay. Uh, next up, we have another new match that was added. It is a tag team match for the WWE Women's Tag Team Championships. The Kabuki Warriors of Asuka and Kairi Sane defend against Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross. I hope the Kabuki, War- Kabuki Warriors retain, and I think they will retain. I think that uh, we've been told that this matchup may not happen. May or may not. I don't know. We'll see. And, we're uh, going to predict it anyways. I, well, I know that, but what I'm thinking is it should be Bliss Cross because I think that the... We haven't seen Kyrie Sane in like forty-five days. It seems like she just got if she married, has, bro. So who she get married to? I don't know her husband. Do you even know who that is? I have no idea. I would assume it's a person that she knows. That was very, very. I don't randomly... think it's another wrestler. If that's what you're getting at. Oh, okay. That's what I was wondering. Yeah, I okay, think, I that's think fine. it's a regular Joe, like you know, you or me. So. So you're picking. You're picking the Kabuki Warriors. I am. I'm gonna pick. I'm gonna pick Bliss Cross only because I feel like. Uh, they haven't done anything. It seems like this is arbitrary. I think that everybody loves Bliss Cross. So I think that, you know, it's time. I think it's time that they give them what they want, and that's that Nikki Cross and, uh, you know, everybody else. Alexa Bliss is clearly everybody's favorite. She needs the belt. She needs to do something. Let's be real. You just want a Bliss Cross to make you jump, jump. That's the only reason jump. I picked them. Uh, next True. up is a singles match for the WWE Intercontinental Championship. Sami Zayn with Cesaro and Shinsuke Nakamura defends against Daniel Bryan with Drew Gulak. This is a tough one for me because Sammy just got the title, but at the same time, it's Daniel Bryan. But you know what? Ah, oh, fuck it. I'm taking Daniel Bryan. You're picking Daniel Bryan? Yeah, why not? You only live Are you becoming a homer for Daniel Bryan? Uh, no. It's WrestleMania, Are man. Serious? Are they really going to give Sammy Zayn a win over Daniel Bryan at WrestleMania? I'm just saying. Okay, well, then pick I it. think that I'm going to pick Sammy Zayn. I like I'm going to pick Sammy Zayn. Wow. Yeah, you heard it here, folks, because I'm a Daniel Bryan homer, but I'm also a Daniel Bryan realist. So Sami Zayn is going to hold on to that championship. Or maybe, maybe just maybe, there's a substitution, and then you go off the board and pick Drew Gulak. I don't know. Maybe I should. Who knows? That would I'm going to stay cer- with Sami Certainly be something. I'm going to pick Sami Zayn. Next up is another singles match. Um, Elias versus King Corbin. And you know what? <sighs> Elias better not win. Corbin better win. I'm picking him to win. You're picking Corbin? Yeah, why not? Even though he's probably going to lose. That's not the most – that just seems like, you know, just seems like it's a layup at this point. I think we both have picked Corbin because, I mean, Elias shouldn't be even sniffing <laughs> this main event or whatever you want to call it. It's just – it just seems like the King Corbin should be doing better things than what he's doing right now in WrestleMania season. I mean, last year he retired Kurt Angle for crying out loud. Now he's wrestling a string guy, the guy that pulls out a six-string guitar and talks and does nothing. He, he's not a good wrestler. We know that. So, I, you know, I just, 
It bothers me. It bothers yep. me very much. You don't got to preach to me. Next up, we have your boy. I don't know if he's your boy or if you disowned him like everyone else. Alistair Black against Bobby Lashley with Lana. I mean, Black Mass, good night. I'm picking Alistair. Yeah, I mean, Alistair has to win based on the fact that Bobby Lashley hasn't even been on television. So I think this is more of a – you want to talk about a match that doesn't really matter? I'm thinking this is the match that I go, okay – this would be one of those matches where I think that it would be great to have Bobby Lashley come out head of steam and just hit a black mask be over with it because I think that'd be super impactful instead of watching Bobby do 45 shoulder thrusts in, in you know the turnbuckle, do all his power moves and stuff like that doesn't matter to me. I just want to see this you know Alistair Black character get back into you know some type of form that people care about. So. All right, don't disagree. Next up, we have the tag team match for the Raw tag team titles, the Street Profits. Dun, 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 dun. Angelo Dawkins and Montez Ford defending against Austin Theory and Angel Garza with Zelina Vega. 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 I think this match is actually going to be a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to it, but give me the Street Profits. Yeah, I have to say, we didn't really talk about this in the program, that uh, you know Austin Theory just got you know thrown in there because of uh, Andrade. This one, to me, is smells of desperation just because, yes, Austin Theory is only 22 years old. He looks like a million bucks, all that stuff, yada, yada, yada. But he has no business being on a WrestleMania show. He clearly doesn't have you know everything he needs right now. He just got plugged and play in because of the situation he's in. And I hope the guy takes advantage of it. I think that, you know what, he's going to look at this and be like, you know, I I don't necessarily know the guy from, you know, from Adam. Who the fuck is Adam? But... I just I don't know like it, based on his character work I've seen in Evolve this would just only add to his ego and his persona so I think it's a good thing for the character but I don't know if he's ready I mean I guess it doesn't really matter but I think do you think he's ready to be in a WrestleMania kind of moment Absolutely not but I do think that if this if it's going to be a match I like that it's a tag match with a guy he's probably familiar with in Angel Garza and it's against a team like the Street Profits I think it'll just be a lot of fun um, and this obviously being a different type of WrestleMania, it's not like he's going to be walking in front of a crowd of like a million people. It's going to be a crowd of like no people. So I think that changes it a little bit. Um, but yeah, it certainly was random, but I do give them credit for continuing to just try to fill it up despite, uh, things going wrong. So. Yeah, but at, at, one, at what point are you looking at stuff going, you know, like Austin Theory, this is a guy that's never been on television and he gets to go to WrestleMania? Like, what messages well, are you someone sending? Someone clearly hasn't been watching on NXT because he has been on NXT for a while, WrestleMania. No, I know that, but that I'm saying... That is on let's USA Network, the same channel as Raw. Let's let's just, let's call a spade a spade. There's only, supposedly, based on the Nielsen ratings, and yes, we know those aren't realistic, but, you know people that watch raw or you know, I think there's like two or three times the amount of audience on raw. So there's one third of the audience that watches raw and NXT that know who that guy is. Otherwise it looks like you might as well put Paul Roma out there. You don't even know who Paul Roma is. I bet, but he, that's what it seems like. Although the guy is super talented and I know TJ's probably losing his mind right now and his wife telling him to stop swearing as he says, F you Nestle. But the fact of the matter remains that Austin theory might as well be a job guy. And I think at WrestleMania, he will do just that. Yeah, of course. The Street Profits are going to win. So we both got those there. Next up, we have a singles match between Kevin Owens and Seth Rollins. I think this really is KO's moment. I hope he gets it. I do think this will be a fun match, but give me KO. I'm going to also take KO. Based on his promo alone, I think that we didn't see Seth Rollins do much, you know, in terms of the matchup that I saw on that. In my opinion, everybody said it was a fun six-man tag. But as you know, I don't like six-man tags, and it was just not worth talking about, in my opinion. But the promo afterwards was, so I think that KO has made me think, okay, he didn't win in in terms of, you know, getting anything on Seth. So I think that he's going to win on, on Saturday, as he said in his promo. So that's the only match we really know on Saturday so far. So give me the big Kevin Owens. Next up, we have a triple threat, super hot fire ladder match for the WWE SmackDown Tag Team Championships. We touched on this earlier, and uh, we both talked myself into picking the Miz and Morrison because I don't think it's time for them to lose it yet. Yeah, I gotta say, Miz and Morrison. Hey, hey, ho, oh, ho. ho! I can't believe Miz I'm actually. I can't believe I'm actually doing it. Isn't it good? I can't though? believe I'm doing it's it. It's weirdly good. It's 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 so it's like a dad good. It's not good, but like you're like, oh yeah, like this is funny to chant along because nobody's chanting, and it's gonna catch on by accident. So. That's how I feel. All right. Next up, um, we have the SmackDown Women's Championship Fatal Five Way. Bailey defending against Lacey Evans, Naomi, Sasha Banks, and Tamina. This is the ultimate wild card match. And I am curious and going to let you kick off who you think is going to win on this one. I think it's going to come down to Bailey and Sasha. And I think that Bailey is going to lose. 
to Sasha Banks in a crazy-ass way that is going to light the spark, so to speak, for the rest of their feud, probably through the rest of, well, whenever they get back to work, probably through, you know, at least three or four months' worth. And I think Sasha's going to come up big in big time, in big moments, and there's nothing bigger, apparently, than WrestleMania. So I think Sasha Banks becomes your champion, and Bailey is going to throw a bitch fit. I do think that is what I want to happen. Um, but I think Bailey's going to retain. I just, I don't think this is how they're going to do it. You know, I think, I think the people are going to get pissed off at this match because I think Sasha might actually lay down for Bailey only to turn on her in the future, which doesn't really make sense, but that would be a very WWE thing to do is have Sasha tease like she's going to attack her, but then lay down, let her win. And then maybe like, I don't know, whenever they get back to it leading into SummerSlam, that's when the turn happens or something. So uh, I'm going to pick Bailey. I did not see that coming. I'm surprised that you thought that. Honestly, I, did, I didn't see it coming either. I literally just uh, said it. Uh, next up, I'm going to put this match now just because I've been skipping around and I don't want to lose it, even though we agree that it's our most favorite match. Uh, the last man standing match, Edge versus Randy Orton. I mean, I think the winner here is obvious. It's probably Edge, but I do think it would be interesting if Orton got one here. But I think the fact that this already has the stipulation, I think it's got to be Edge. I think that Edge is going to win and have that celebration. It's going to be different without the crowd, but I think that there's going to be some schmas afterwards. You know, I mean, you know, I think there's going to be something like I wouldn't necessarily think, I don't know, like last man standing. Let's think about this for a moment. A last man standing match never really has anything specific happen. If a guy stays down in some big ass way, like, you know, you remember all the the classic last man standing matches, I'm sure. So I'm wondering if there's somebody that's going to help Randy Orton. Is there somebody else that has a bone to pick with Edge? Is it Christian? Does Christian get upset because Edge got to wrestle and he can't? You know, there's there's so many things that could be happening here to make Randy Orton almost possibly, potentially, maybe win. I don't know. Like, I'm I, I I'm gonna pick Edge because it's the smart money pick, but I can see Randy Orton winning. But it's just it seems like this could be. You know, like, if it was a bunch of fans there and cheering Edge on and getting his moment, it's fine. But because there's no fans there, I can see it being, like, Edge almost wins or almost gets something and somebody else makes, you know, a play for, for Edge and helps Orton win because Ed's made, Ed, Ed, Ed has made a lot of enemies over the years. So I, I can see that happening. Well, speaking of making enemies of each other, a Boneyard match, The Undertaker taking on AJ Styles. I mean, my prediction is simple. It's The Undertaker, but I am excited for this. I... They're not picking AJ Styles. Oh, I can talk myself into this. Hold on. Here's, here's, here's why. I, I have a weird feeling that if you actually look at the track record of The Undertaker, he usually loses his specialty matches. Like he, the only one I think I can remember is that he won a SummerSlam casket match against Kamala. Like he loses buried alive matches most of the time. He loses, you know, some casket matches sometimes. He loses all these random, you know, grave digger kind of things. Hell in a Cell, he's lost a couple of times. So I'm thinking to myself, there's a schmaza happening here, and I'm going to pick AJ Styles to beat The Undertaker. Seriously. Yes, seriously. I did not see that coming. I think you're insane. But uh, I, listen, you know what? I'm gonna, we're going to move on so you can't change your mind. How about that? You picked, you picked The Undertaker anyway, so it's okay. Sometimes you get to go off the board. Sometimes genius is seen as insanity, and it's not appreciated till afterwards, folks. So you're going to appreciate Nestle after wrestling. Absolutely not. But next up, we have a singles match between John Cena and The Fiend, Bray Wyatt, uh, John Cena won this only other meeting at WrestleMania, but I think this is Bray Wyatt's time, and he, the Fiend, is going to end John Cena. Well, you made it. You kind of took the luster out of it, but I mean, it's the Firefly Funhouse, right? If he doesn't win his own matchup, he's going to be down in Undertaker territory. So I'm going to also pick Bray Wyatt to win this. But I think that for me, I want to see something crazy happen in this matchup. I think if they're going to pull out all the stops for John Cena. They should do something fun. And honestly, let's hope it because it says fun in the fun house that it actually is fun for all of us to watch. Hey, I hope so too. Next up, we have a singles match for the Raw Women's Championship. Becky Lynch defending against Shayna Baszler. I mean, this match, I'm just, it's plummeting in the excitement pool, but Shayna Baszler, I think, is going to get her moment. 
Really? Yeah, this is one that I thought about. Maybe they just have Becky retain and they save it, but I think they're just going to go forward with Shayna because I think Becky needs to take this loss so she can like revitalize her character. So let's do it. I will say I'm, I'm tending to agree with you on this only because he, she said on you know her 50 minute promo she said, "Who am I without the championship?" And I think that's a that's a touch of the reality in which we're going to be in. And she doesn't know who she's supposed to be without. She isn't the greatest of all time if she loses, right? She's not the greatest at this, that, the other thing. She made. They keep making you know points about Ronda Rousey. I could see that if this is the part we've never talked about, I guess. But the part that sucks the most is that we usually get the Raw after Mania, and we're not getting it this year, or at least the way that we remember it. But you know the crowd reactions and the you know the reveals and the debuts, returns, stuff like that. Maybe we'll get it. Maybe we won't. But I think in in a perfect world we would have seen Becky Lynch win this one show celebration and then cue the Ronda Rousey music, the Mania, the night after, and that would have been you know the, the start to the next thing that we would have been doing. But because I don't think we're going to get that moment, I do see Shayna Baszler stepping up, and I do see that Becky Lynch is going to have some type of I don't know, just maybe out of body experience after she gets caught, and I think that that's what's going to end up happening. All right, well, next up, we have three matches left. We have the NXT Women's Championship. Charlotte Flair won the Royal Rumble, and she chose to challenge the champion Rhea Ripley. Um, I think Charlotte winning here would be, like, the ultimate, like, I would laugh hysterically. But, I mean, this is Rhea's moment. Whether it's without a crowd or not, Rhea's still winning. Do you think that it adds anything or takes anything away from not having the crowd realize how important this matchup is for Rhea? Like, do you think it? Do you think it really doesn't solidify her in any way, or does it not matter? I, it's hard because every single match is affected in a different way. And sure, this one does, but I think like, sure, you're not going to get the mass appeal of the, like the super casuals who come back for only WrestleMania understanding what she is. But you're, I think some people are already enough familiar with her that this would have just cemented it. And I think they still got plenty of time to still do that. Okay. I will pick Rhea Ripley as well, because I think that as you've already pointed out, that this is her moment to shine. I think Charlotte is here at this point to give back. She's already what? 10 time champion. I think she's at a point where she needs to start looking at the lights and start giving back to the WWE. And this is how she's going to start doing it. I agree. Uh, Now we have what we uh, think will be the two night enders for the two shows. Um, We'll start with Sundays uh, because the other match has some, you know, chicanery with it. But Brock Lesnar defending his WWE championship against Drew McIntyre. McIntyre won the Royal Rumble. He earned this spot. He earned this moment. It's not going to be what it should be, but I think he will walk away with the championship. I think if Drew McIntyre doesn't win this matchup, I think it's safe to say that this – I think they're looking at it from a different perspective too. Like if you think about it this way, Drew McIntyre on paper should win, plain and simple. That would be my pick. As a matter of fact, I'm going to pick him right now. But very quickly, I just want to make this statement. Because you said it early in the program, do you think that they might go, you know what? We're not going to have wrestling for a couple of months. Maybe we should table this moment. Maybe we should screw him out of a championship. Maybe we should relight the candle when we know that we have the fans back. I think because that's for the me, argument for a lot of these challengers. Like You can make it for him. You could make it for um, any of the other champions pretty much on the card. Like even like the mid card ones, it's just like just just stay the status quo. Like that's kind of the argument I made with Bailey. I guess I kinda of picked my spot with it, but I stuck true with McIntyre and Shayna. I don't know. I, there's something about this that makes me feel like Drew's gonna get it and then everybody's gonna go, Oh, three months ago, I forgot. Like nothing is nothing is gonna be cooler and I don't mean like awesome, I mean like colder than Drew McIntyre winning at WrestleMania and then not having to wrestle for three to four months. You know what I mean? Like, Yeah, but I think that's like, the same case as with Shayna or with any of these. So I think it's just with him. I think that this is the defining moment. I think they just got to get it on him. Okay. I hope you're right. I hope that we're not going to have another Brock party, but we'll see. And we have the final match. As of now, it is a Universal Championship match where Goldberg defends against Roman Reigns. Um we don't know what the status is of this match because there's rumors running wild. I will say, if Roman Reigns is in this match, I would expect him to win this match, but I don't think he will be, and I think whoever Goldberg will challenge, Goldberg will defeat. So for the purposes of these picks, I am picking Goldberg no matter who he's facing. Really? Yes, Goldberg will retain because it's like you, the argument you just made for Drew McIntyre. So I think the argument here, um, Goldberg could just literally do nothing for months, come back and lose to Roman Reigns at SummerSlam. Interesting. Interesting. 
You know, I, I'm going to say this now, so if anybody's listening, you know, you can turn off for now and enjoy WrestleMania. But I will say, look, they said that Roman Reigns is out. I don't think they're going to go out of their way to, to throw some type of swerve to make him Superman. So if he's really out because of health reasons, that's his own prerogative. And I, you know, God bless him because he deserves to do that. But if they pick, in my opinion, there's only two people to pick, Run or Corbin. Would I like to see Corbin win? Absolutely. Would I like to see Braun win? Probably not as much as Corbin, but still pretty cool in my opinion. I'm going to go with the law of, of what I think is going to end up happening here. I think we're going to see Braun Strowman and Corbin in this matchup against Goldberg. Or on Saturday, we're going to see Braun and Corbin fight each other for the right to face Goldberg. And I think that's what we're going to get. And I do believe that no matter what the outcome is, we are going to have Braun Strowman as the WWE Universal Champion. That is a hot take. Yeah, well, that is what it is. That is a hot take. Um, I wouldn't hate it as a Braun guy. Um, of course, it would happen this way, but you know what it is what it is. Well, in WrestleMania, unfortunately, I am out of time. Um, so it is WrestleMania week, so make sure, like uh, we socialized earlier, you can follow all our stuff there. Talk with us on Twitter. We will be around, and we would love to hear from you. So uh, any last words for the people? Enjoy WrestleMania, and remember, folks, stay safe, wash your hands, and enjoy the two nights, two big enough two nights for WrestleMania.